0: And we are live. Yeah, that's what that means when it says you are live. I know, but I love to say it. It gives me a certain type of energy, Jenny. Well,
1: I can tell you feel like you're in control. You're like, we are live. We are live. What's up, Jenny? Winnie? We're back.
0: We're back. You excited?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. I miss everybody. I did too. What? We'll be by ourselves today. We don't have anybody. We
1: not be. You know what? They're longing for this day. They're just like,
0: please
1: come <laughs> back. Hey, if, okay. Yes,
0: yeah, if you're out there right now and you hear our voice, we want you to say something in the comments right now. Just say "Hello, Jenny, Winnie, and the average dude." Come back. Come back.
1: <laughs> We're back. We came back because we okay. you know, last week everybody was like, "What's happening?" Their Thursday was all thrown off.
0: And I'm sure it was. I'm sure that they had a very tough time moving on with their day. Yeah, when yeah. they didn't have a chance to watch Jenny Winnie and the average dude. Yeah, Randy, yeah. what's up? Randy. Well, thanks for, for joining
1: us.
0: Yeah, yeah, not even called me Daniel. Went straight for there's Shonda Trotter. There's Joe. I see Joe coming in there too. Boom! Here I'm What's up? Joe finally made it. it on time.
1: I'm saying it. Listen here. I'm saying hey to Randy and hey to Shonda because Jenny Winnie's here too. It's not just Daniel.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Shonda and and Randy, y'all y'all hear Jenny Winnie, you're hurting her feelings. We got to we got to make sure we include her. It's okay. So we we got to keep her <laughs> We got to keep her uh her her spirits up. We love it when Jenny Winnie's in a good mood. Oh
1: yeah, well Jenny Winnie's in a good mood. Let me uh, uh, What's been going on this week,
0: Daniel? What's been going on this week? Uh trying to stay cool literally, you know. it's been a little warm. Uh Let's see. Let's what have I been doing? Um, really, really just my regular routine. People asking me, where'd you go for the fourth? I didn't go anywhere. Yeah. I love my normal routine and it pretty much is the same, you know, seven days a week. So there yeah. you go. What about you, Jenny? What did you do? Did you do something exciting or you I know you, you went through some type of learning program, didn't you? I did. I
1: did. Everybody's like, have a good vacation. I'm like, I'm not on vacation. No, no, no. Hey, look. That so it is. I'm feeling some love, Randy and Shonda. Thank you. Just,
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: You know, um, I don't know. This is a little bit of this is a little bit of like pop culture, Daniel. So you may yeah. have heard of this show called Stranger Things.
0: Stranger Things. I've heard of that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Well, I'm starting to watch it again, but my daughter loves it. I mean, loves it.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: She, she gets up at the crack of dawn when the last season, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So she watched it. She, yeah. she's, she's scarred. She's scarred for life. Okay.
0: Scarred for life. Why?
1: She is so, so sad. Something happened in it.
0: Sean, oh.
1: And you said I did cause you, okay. Yeah. So I'm just saying, uh, anyway, she, she looked at me and she said, mom, I just, I can't get over it. I'm just, this has been like two days after. And I yeah. said, you, you're going to get a grip, okay?
0: Oh, it's really impacted her.
1: She says, my therapist listens to me.
0: And Ooh. I said, let me
1: tell you something. I ain't paying a therapist for you to talk about what happened in Stranger Things. <laughs> says, well, let me write that down because I'm going to share that with my TikTok people.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's going to share it with her TikTok people. She doesn't need you. She's got her TikTok followers to keep her.
1: That's what I'm saying. And she goes on there and she's like, my life will never be the same. Uh Oh, gosh. You've got to get a grip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the girl's been upset. She also did her first out of town little overnight trip with a friend.
0: Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh-huh. Well, she's good enough. She's what? She's eighteen now, isn't she?
1: She's about to turn nineteen, but yeah, mama, mama bear was a little anxious. Yeah, she, a little worried. She went to a concert. I made sure that she. The good thing is, is when your mom is an anxious person, she mm-hmm. she's she gonna let you stay at the Roach Motel. She's gonna make sure that it's a, a decent place, and she. That's right.
0: You- yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah! Can you imagine if our parents knew where we stayed at in Myrtle Beach when we went down for senior week? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I mean, Roger said that, uh, you know, it uh, It hit him. The shower head hit him right there. You were the same with me. Did, Maggie, Magnum. did he die? I know. I this, know. this has got to be Brian, and you know that ain't true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Magnum P.I. Now, I've I missed that. that. See, that one went over my head.
1: Yeah, I didn't watch Magnum P.I. That one went over my head, too.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, what el- what else is going on, Jenny? I know you had something that you um, didn't.
1: Oh oh this morning? You know, like I, I, I screenshot something and uh, because it was tips on read these books to become the most interesting person in the room. And oh I, yeah. This is all about Daniel.
0: Oh, and interesting. Th- Wait a minute. Talk, read these books, and become the most interesting person in the room. Okay, got it. What okay. am I supposed to read?
1: Well, and if y'all read these out there, give a thumbs up. Like these are good, not so good. I don't know. Okay. Make, make your bed
0: make your bed. Yeah, that was that's a great one. It's just uh it's it's uh a military leader and he he explains how making your bed first thing get something done. Yeah. And 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 it really does. That's something I've been doing for for several years.
1: Have you for I've been doing it let me tell you for several weeks now. Have you? Yes.
0: It's good, so, isn't it?
1: Yes. I mean, I'm like it takes 2 seconds. Just do it.
0: And it makes you feel so, I mean, it does. It makes you feel accomplished. And yeah, I love, I love that book, Make Your Bed. I can't remember the gentleman's name that wrote that. I've
1: but. read this next one, The Power of Habit.
0: The Power of Habit. I have not read that one, but it sounds like a good one.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, we don't need that one.
0: Okay. <laughs>
1: 12 Rules for Life.
0: 12 Rules for Life. Uh-huh. That's right. Uh, Jordan, Jordan uh, yeah.
1: The 80-20 Principle.
0: 80 uh, 20 principle. That's, it sounds good. I mean, the 80 20 rule. That seems like it appears everywhere, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah. Now, if you are the smartest, Joe says, "Hey, they say if you're the smartest person in the room, change rooms." Okay. Yes. This is the most interesting person in the room.
0: Yes, the most interesting. Yeah, if you want to be the most interesting person in the room, well, what I've heard is instead of being interesting, be interested, right? right. But it's funny that Joe makes that comment. I did see, uh, when I was looking over our guest, Mr. Henrik Blatt today, so, who I'm so excited to get the chance to talk to, but he did a post and he was talking about putting yourself in the right room, right? Mm-hmm. Putting yourself around people that- It builds attention. up, it lifts you up. And, and it changes, doesn't it? Depends yeah. on what room you're in, what kind of talent you're around. And you know, I always make the analogy or talk about have you ever seen somebody go to the golf course that they might be the smoothest, coolest person in, in the world that they're in, but you get them out on the golf course and, you know, or whatever. We get used to these environments, don't we? Yeah.
1: You know what's yeah. funny is I'm sitting here looking at Onrik behind the, um, yeah, the scenes, you know, cause we don't see him clearly completely. And just, you know, we'll look at you differently when you come on, but behind the scenes, you kind of look like James Patterson, the writer, you know what I mean? It's like, maybe it's the way you're sitting there. <laughs> Oh, that's not good? Okay, you yeah, well, I don't like him either. <laughs> all, <laughs> Dude, right. all you can see is your glasses. You can't really see the whole everything.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, speaking of our since <laughs> Jenny's already brought him up. Mr. Arnold um, Block, we're going to bring him on in and get a chance to talk to him, so Welcome to the live stream, Mr. Omric, how are you this morning?
2: Hey, good, good morning. It's so nice for once to not be the only one with a weird accent in the room. (laughs) Hey, now, wait a minute. What
1: what do you mean weird? I don't don't understand. I,
2: I, I totally love it because, you know, the world has become so globalized, yet your accent cannot disguise where you're from. So as I I was having dinner with my Indian friends and all last night, I was just saying there's just too much happiness in the world. (laughs) Your your accent really shows your story, right? So a lot of Americans, I mean, Americans are funny because I'm one now, right? I'm proudly an American, but most Americans go, hey, where are you from? So I just go, I'm from the South. And they go, Alabama? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, no, 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 more South. And then they go Florida. And I'm like, yeah, I have a home in Florida, but no, no, south. And they're like, and then they like, I give up.
1: There's any other place?
2: More south than that. I'm like, I'm like real bottom south, all the way down. So I'm I'm from the bottom end of Africa. And then they go, ah, Australia. And I'm like, no. Um, oh, then they go oh, South Africa. I'm like, no, Namibia. Yeah, you know I mean, um, because South Africans, <laughs> South Africans can tell that I'm not not South African. They'll go. Hey, man, what's wrong with you? Why you talk so funny, eh? Um, so anyway, anyway, let's <laughs> oh, get to accents. I, I love your accents. I love that drawl that at the first I thought know. I was on, on Mars, but then you tune into it, and it's kind of cool. It's like a song that goes, mm-hmm. the two of you. Yeah.
1: yeah. I really like that because I'm well, very self-conscious of that accent.
2: No, I totally love it. I think it's absolutely wonderful, and you should just, just own it and, and live with it. I think it's cool. And then I just saw... That uh, both of you are in Spartanburg, which I now know where it is because I've just moved in right up, uh, right near you.
1: You're in Greenville.
2: I just, I'm a little bit north. I'm right on 25 as you're heading towards Asheville, uh, in the cliffs, uh, right on the North Carolina border.
1: Oh, so you're right. There. Well, actually, I am from. Yeah, geography is hard.
0: Geography is hard, Jamie.
1: <laughs> My business is in Spartanburg, but I actually live right over the the border, also going towards Charlotte. I live in Shelby, North Carolina.
2: I know exactly where that is. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's very mm-hmm. cool. I love yeah, this so, part of the world. And I've got to so, tell you, oh, yeah. you know, wait my turn. <laughs> you know what? You know what's the what's the nicest thing about it? Are the people. Hmm. I, I I know you. It's like something that's so overused as a language, but for a person like me that's been to 147 countries and lived on five continents and Everywhere. I mm. think the people around here are phenomenal. I mean, really phenomenal. Agree. And, you know, everybody's helpful. Everybody greets you. Everybody, you know, waves at you, offers you assistance. If you're stuck, oh, in that wonderful southern drawl, can I help you, young man? Yeah, you? It means,
1: mm-hmm. It's
2: so amazing. Whereas when I lived in New York for a while, when people say, can I help you? It means get the fuck out of here.
1: It's true, though. It is so true, and it's like even passing someone on the street. If I make eye contact, I'll say, "Hey, how you doing today?"
2: Yeah, I love it, totally love it. And then in Chicago,
1: they're like, "You need to stop talking." And I was like, "That's weird.
2: That's weird." Anyway, sorry. uh, Sorry. Hey, uh, no,
1: No, Daniel. hey, I wanted us to talk about
2: accents.
0: That's Mm -hmm. a great topic. So I was
1: right. I said, well, I wasn't right. But I said, I think your accent, I said, maybe South Africa.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's the closest thing you can come to. Um, But it's funny. You know the thing that you guys were talking about just before I came on, about getting in the right room, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is is an absolute uh, conversation we literally just had this morning with my two youngest sons. Because I, I have started this interesting new little hobby or habit. Um, my dad died when I was six and he was an architect and an artist and a uh, really handy. And he had a lot of power tools and all sorts. And, you know, I never really got to know him. And I said to my, one of my sons about two years ago, maybe three years ago, I said, you know what? Stop complaining. You know what I would give right now to be out here in the sun, building this deck with my dad, you mm-hmm. know, suck it up and let's do it. This is a wonderful experience because at the end of this day, you're going to know exactly how to build a deck. And number two, we're going to be much closer friends than we were uh, before this project started. And number three, mom is going to think that we are like rock stars for building this deck, right? <laughs> and it's It started this, this interesting conversation that, you know, we get together and we build shit. And um, this morning, I, I had the guys in our pre-construction meeting and I said, you know what, the absolute clue. I think, obviously, mindset. Mindset is super, super critical, and the books that you mentioned can really, really help you. The second thing, is, which is also uh, The Power of Habit, uh, a book that you just mentioned, Jenny, is your daily habits will give you way more than anything else. But Mm -hmm. the third, and not least important, is get in the right room. This is proximity to people, and it is so, so important. You know, um, I... I have a wonderful gift in that I can breach. I have clients who are billionaires
1: mm-hmm. and I hang
2: out with those guys. I have really, really influential people, you know, in my roster that it would amaze me, but I am also friends and I am, I I'm part redneck. Like my wife does not leave me unsupervised because I would go, I would go redneck so quick and make your eyes flash. So, <laughs> um, you would personally
1: just, like to see that. <laughs> so
2: yeah, it, 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 It comes so naturally to me, it even frightens me, right? (laughs) um, But I I have friends, anyway, from 18 to my best friend is 87 now. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, Any country, any language, it really doesn't matter to me. But the one thing that every person that is successful, and I don't just mean financially successful. There are some people that are just incredibly successful um, in all categories of life. And I think that's the important part, right? Yeah. and Grant Cardone mentions this, this uh, a lot. Get in the right room. Even if you have to buy the cheap seats in the nosebleed section and then walk down to where the VIP tent is, you've got to get in the right room. And I think that's a wonderful metaphor, right? Oh,
1: because wow.
2: I, as I, I said to my boys this morning, I'm like, you know, I know our parents always said, you know, uh, show me your friends and I'll, I'll show you who you are. You become, yeah. as Tony Robbins says, you become the average of the five people closest to you. And I always say, hey, if you've only got three good people around you, make the fourth one a book and make the fifth one God, right? Mm -hmm. Those are five good people right around you, right, that will influence you. Whereas if you are, let's say you're, you know, you're you're in between jobs, right? And you're being a waiter. That's okay. That's quite okay. There's nothing wrong with that. As long as you don't make that your room and that your proximity. And then, because guess what? and you're going to be the best and best educated most well spoken waiter for the rest of your life. You don't want that. Yeah, I mean you want to get in the right room where the people that are around you elevate you. Anyway, I'm sorry for hijacking your show but uh, no, 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 no.
1: Hey, listen, you are talk- you're on fire, man. I'm just kind of like keep on. That's fine. Keep going. No,
0: that's yeah, no, It's great. It's great stuff. Let me speak to that a little bit about what you're talking about there. You know, one of the great things about gaining this proximity to folks like yourself, Henrik, you know, I, here I am on LinkedIn. I'm looking, I run into somebody, this person interests me mm-hmm. and, and I think, Hey, they're doing some cool things. I wonder what they're like. You want to be on the show and talk about it. And here we are, you know? And I think that it's a great way to, for me to just be around people with, that have interesting stories that are successful mm-hmm. in, in different parts mm-hmm. of their life so that we can learn from each other. And mm. I, I think it's just a great thing with social media, uh, this opportunity to create proximity to people that we can learn from. That, that's mm-hmm. really
2: what I have fallen in love with. The the number one thing that I start with, because I think your vibe attracts your tribe. And I think mm-hmm. that is a, a critically important uh, thing on LinkedIn. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a LinkedIn coach. I just I use LinkedIn uh, for my my clients for their day-to-day business, right? And I'll Mm -hmm. I'll get into that in a in a in a second, but this is not a commercial podcast. This is a hey let's let's hang let's hang out and you know chew the fat podcast that's right yeah chew the fat all the really great conversations they always happen around a fire right Mm -hmm. um our DNA is so old all that we need to do is basically between the three of us put it in a little candle and you know let's get some of that that nice uh bourbon from the dark corner up here oh, and, yeah. and the three yeah. of us are sitting and chatting, right? That's sure. right. You can do that on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Now you're actually kind of doing it. Um, because your vibe has to be absolutely authentic. But I always say to people, be respectfully, relentlessly authentic. Okay. Because if you get those three things right, there are always going to be people who don't like you, and you know what? Let Definitely. them unfollow you and You know, quite frankly, I think the the reason why our country is in so much trouble is because people like us have not stood up for the things that we believe in, right? And if you know, I I don't even mind. I mean, my my wife is 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 very different to that. Um, she will be on a you see my veil Cup, uh we we lived in Vale for a long time, she'll be on a chairlift with somebody and she has no problem discussing religion and politics. Yeah, I mean, and I'm like, if you did religion and politics, I'm gonna do sex next. Yeah, I mean (laughs) (laughs) and, the, and, the, and the, the poor atheist that's thinking of becoming a lesbian sitting between us is so true you know? <laughs> <laughs> anyway so i just think you know you have to stand up for what you believe in but not rub other people's noses in it if they are if they are different right mm-hmm. and what
1: did you what was what did you say again respectfully authentic
2: relentlessly authentic you know i mean okay. mm-hmm. um because you can stand your ground right and obviously in texas and florida that means something different but mm-hmm. um you can stand your ground in an argument in a discussion with somebody who has different political viewpoints or has been brainwashed by the by a different party for way longer than you have right <laughs> and, and still have a discussion and still learn from them and still respect them respect and, their views yeah just in the last couple of years i mean i i would say probably in the last 10 years or so it just it's gotten so ugly that ugly. You You can't talk about anything with anybody without offending anyone. You can't say
1: anything. You can't say anything.
2: So here's my policy. So I try to be respectful. I don't always get it right, but I'm relentlessly authentic. And if people, if that offends you on my LinkedIn feed, I'm like, bugger off. Unfollow me. Block me if you want to. Um, That's quite okay because, you know, when you're building a, capital acquisition or a client acquisition or a money raising or a sales funnel or whatever that starts with LinkedIn, right? At the very top. The chances are that even once somebody drills all the way down into your into your funnel and is in the in this last moment, if you're going to offend them, you know what? Offend them right at the top of the tunnel. Offend them right on top and mm-hmm. get, it of, get it out of the you way. Get it done and, and it's
1: like sifting through.
2: That's it. That's it. Because the funny thing is, if you try and fit in and if you try and be beige and you try and make everybody happy, you, all you do is make yourself unhappy. And then you're not standing up tall enough for the real people, for your tribe to be attracted to you and find you. Right. So You know, there are some people that are always negative, that are always trolls and you see that. And I'm like, you know what, block, 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 delete, delete. And I go. Um, And then there are some people who have very little, but they are kind. They are supportive. They're yes. courageous, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, I'm putting my energy into you and I support those kinds of people on LinkedIn. And I yeah. tell you, the loyalty that it builds, like all of my clients have come from somebody who's introduced me to somebody else, right? Yes. Um, and it is, it is such a powerful network. So LinkedIn, I think is an absolute gift. My obviously concern is that anything that is owned by Microsoft, normally whatever they buy, they destroy it, right? <laughs> remember, remember that thing called Skype? That was a good thing, right? Yeah, where is it now? It's gone.
1: Yeah, right.
2: Um, anyway, so so many other things. I love LinkedIn at the moment, even though the uh, prevailing wind is in one direction. Um, and if you stand up and you you send the arrows in the other way, they're gonna they're gonna cancel you and they're gonna block you very quickly. I've got a couple of friends who are, you know, very right wing, conservative, uh, gun loving. God, you you can't you can't even mention the word hunting uh, and. And some 17-year-old with purple hair sitting in Seattle is going to cancel you. Yep. Um, so it is what it is. But other other than, than the fact that this wind blows very, very left on LinkedIn, it is a wonderful platform. Mm-hmm.
1: And you yeah, can right. really
2: use it to to reach out and connect with you know thousands of people, which become millions of people at the end of the day. And you can build a great business on LinkedIn here in three weeks if you want to. Is
1: that yeah. your main uh, platform? that
2: you use yeah yeah i mean i i I think my 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 main platform is this thing like a handshake Yeah, i mean um but if you look at my my visitor's book at at the places where i live it -hmm. is filled with people that are now good friends or good clients and when i look back at where they come from they come from right here right right in linkedin really um i i always i have this formula right on, on LinkedIn that I use and it's and it's a little weird but if you write it down it makes a tremendous amount of sense and I, I always have to scribble and write today I don't have anything to scribble on <laughs> but if you take your strategy and you multiply it and you put that in put the next part in parentheses right um, content plus engagement and the whole thing to the power n so does so when you read the formula strategy multiplied by open parentheses, Content plus engagement, close parentheses, to the power N. That is a phenomenal formula if you think about it, right? And I'll go through through all four of those variables. So strategy, there are a lot of people on LinkedIn that just, as, as my friend Joe Applebaum says, they just, you know, turn up and throw up. Um, there's a blah. <laughs> and, 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 there's no, there's no point to the whole thing. It's just a whole bunch of noise. It's basically like, like TikTok, right? It's just a whole bunch of crap that, yeah, it's entertaining, but what's the point to the whole thing? So your business, so let's say you're in a a car sales business, or you're a financial advisor. Do you guys know Ariel Lee? Yeah. Yeah. I, I love this girl, right? I love her vibe. Um. Because the best thing is I have a lot of clients that are financial advisors, private bankers, and, and really, really serious money managers who, ma- who manage billions of dollars. And they always go to me, oh, compliance says I can't talk about my stuff on LinkedIn. I'm like, thank God, because it's boring. Nobody yeah. wants to hear about financial stuff. On LinkedIn, you are here to engage. Like, the, the reason why I, I love your banter this morning, you know, and, um, because it's so nice. It's It's like... You get you get pulled into the conversation i'm like look at these two they are nuts yeah. <laughs> that's um,
1: what we have
2: been told <laughs> but, but you know how nice it is like after three minutes i know you guys you yeah you see yeah. what i mean so now i feel comfortable going just and and that's the beauty of linkedin right mm-hmm. so, let, me, let, me go through, let me go through the formula so your your strategy really has to make sense you've mm-hmm. got to think about what is your funnel what does your strategy look like who are you trying to attract What is the machinery in the middle that gets you that closer connection that allows you to build up trust and value and all that stuff. And what are the next step? Do they book a call? All that stuff. So that strategy part has to make sense. Mm -hmm. And the, the second part that's in parentheses, right? So this is content plus engagement without content, you're dead, without engagement, you're dead. So on LinkedIn, you need to create regular content because if you don't have content, people have got nothing to see. they they got got nothing to to, to hold on to. They they don't know who you are. And the algorithm, because the algorithm is your third customer, right? It doesn't have anything to promote. It doesn't have anything to send. So you're basically just this this observer, which doesn't work, right? So -hmm. LinkedIn has 700 million people on it, Uh, less than 3 million create any content and only about 10% of them are like any good at it, right? Yeah. So the point is, is you've got to create content, but content without engagement is also nothing. So if you're not engaging in other people's content, if you're not engaging with people who are engaging with your content, oh, okay, your, your post will go out and die. And the reason why I have to the power N behind it, you've got to have a strategy that says, I'm going to turn up every day, seven days a week content. There are some people who very successfully do it three times a week. Any less than that, I think you're dead in the water, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's guys like me. I do seven days a week of pre-scheduled content and then yes. a whole bunch of random crap in there. That's totally spontaneous. Um, <laughs> See, That's
1: me. I'm an observer on LinkedIn.
2: doesn't help you. That's, that's why you got 300 followers when you should have about 30,000.
1: I, I, I just started. <laughs> I, I really, no, I'm, I, I love it because Daniel knows I'm, I, I Instagram they, that's where I really engage, you know. Um, because I feel like I don't have anything to offer, I think, on LinkedIn. Maybe well, he,
2: here's the funny thing is, right? Um you have, you have a lot you have to, plenty offer. to offer. You really have a lot to offer, but yeah, you, you also have this wonderful demo. This is gonna come across extremely sexist, but um I, I am mean, <laughs> not that way. Um, so there's the three of us, right? And um, let me let me get a screenshot of this, right? So there's the three of us on LinkedIn right now. And if Daniel, Anrik, and Jenny all provided the same content, whose content would get clicked on? Oh, Jenny. 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 Yeah. 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 Because (laughs) the the predominant audience of LinkedIn is, you know, men you know if i can say so you're not bad to look at at all um as my english you, friend, you would may say, say,
1: so, you may you say are, so
2: you may say you are pleasing on the eye okay <laughs> um and i would if if it's the three of us i would click on click on your post all day long and i'd i'd go and see what 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 do you see so you have that <laughs> natural. I mean, that's
1: what right? i'm going to do
2: yeah absolutely <laughs> and the, the the way i always tell my clients right i i we all do. We all suffer with like imposter syndrome, like, yes. like seriously, yeah. like some of the most successful people I know they think they suck and they don't have any value to add. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, I always draw a line just a horizontal line from zero to 10 with 10 dots and I go, okay. So, um, like, uh, Daniel, what, what industry are you in? I am in uh, HVAC heating and air business. Okay, so I was cursing you yesterday. Um, (laughs) I felt that that. you could probably help me a lot because yesterday we were doing um air conditioning in my new office that we're building upstairs, right?
1: Oh yeah, we saw that.
2: I I tell you God, it's so much hard work. Um, but but just picture it like this, right? So out of a scale of zero to ten, how knowledgeable do you think you are in the HVAC industry?
0: Um Oh, on it! From a technical standpoint, I'm more of a salesperson than I am a an HVAC technical guy. So I, I would say probably in that five to six range. In all honesty, about
2: the technical okay. side. So, so here's the interesting thing, right? So if you draw that line, right? Do you have pen and paper in front of you? Just draw that line. It's a it's a wonderful, wonderful exercise, um, especially with your kids. Okay. Because, um, so you have got zero to ten on the line, and right now, put yourself as a little square on the five. Okay. So here's the funny thing, there are a whole lot of dots, if you put them around the zero and the one, there are a whole lot of people who are zeros and ones and twos. So, In your process of moving from a five to a six to a seven, you are constantly learning, you have got absolute proximity, you are getting 10,000 hours behind the wheel and you have a lot of stuff to teach people. So as you are moving from that five to the six to the seven, this vacuum, now this is something that you know about positive and negative pressure in the HVAC systems, right? There as, you go, as you're moving to the right, this vacuum is filling behind you. Literally, I get goosebumps talking about this because it's so powerful when you get this. Those people that are at zeros and that ones and twos, you yeah. are helping them become a one and a two and a three. You're yes. them with you. and That is loyalty that money can never ever buy and take away from you. When you help people go from a one to a three or from a three to a five where you used to be as you becoming a seven. Absolutely. <sighs> yes.
1: Oh, Six people yeah.
2: in it, right? Because well, the people that are nines and tens, they're selfish. They don't want to share. They're not contribution minded people. You see what I mean? They yeah. Do. To so, themselves. so even though you think of yourself as a five right now, you are on fire because you're actually prepared and patient enough to help somebody who's a two become a three, and in that process, your five becomes a six, six and a half, and a seven. That's beautiful, and, and, that
0: we, can, and we can lay that we can lay that scale on any category, whatever we're trying to measure, and, 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 it, and it holds true.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And,
0: and pro- progress feels good, doesn't it, Enric? I mean, whatever we're doing, progress feels good. Just improving from where we are. And, and you're right. We can help somebody with that improvement
2: wherever we are on the scale. Let, let's talk about progress real quick. You guys have kids? Yes. yes. How old are they now? 16 and 18 for me. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.
1: My, my son's about to turn 26 and my daughter's 18.
2: All right, so we we got uh, mine. Mine are all. I got three boys, and they're all in their mid twenties. So, yeah, my
1: oldest daughter I adopted. She's twenty eight.
2: Wow, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. You got to look. I don't know if you look back two days ago. I posted a video of a uh, an adopted daughter that asked her her dad to adopt her. God, I was just crying like big crocodile tears out of it.
1: Uh, you know, she was. She was. The adoption didn't become finalized until she was probably twenty five. Um, and everybody's like, why would you do that? And I'm like, why would I not do it? Mm -hmm. She's mine. I love her, you know, and I'm like her mom. And so,
2: so let's, let's talk confidence real quickly because it's an, it's a really interesting thing. And even we, we need to do this exercise. Okay. Um, a lot of, a lot of kids think that confidence can come from other people, right? Mm -hmm. And that somebody can give you confidence. Mm -hmm. That's just a temporary Band-Aid that some other people can rip off very, very quickly, especially on on social media, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you you think of true confidence and and you have these moments in your life, like if you – very, very simple. If like all – everything is going to crap in a handbasket, right? Like just everything is going awful. Mm -hmm. Just take out a week and go, okay, I'm going to schedule these five things. And I want to get back to the Pareto principle that you guys spoke about earlier, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, The 80-20 thing. But if you just schedule these five things, and over a course of a week, you get those five things completed. Mm -hmm. You made a deal with yourself. You wrote down the steps, and you completed the steps. In week two, you're going to be just a little higher. Mm. You made a deal with yourself. Yes, and you fulfilled it, and you're like, oh, yeah, look at me. I can do You see what I mean? Uh-huh. So, you know, so now I'm I'm making like a joke of this, but if you do yeah. that on a weekly basis and you break down your goals into projects, those projects into tasks, and you deliver 80% of those tasks in a week, and especially the ones that you marked with an asterisk as like my wife calls them my like three big bodacious goals.
1: Yes. yes. Um,
2: and you get and you nail those you get there is a certain kind of self-confidence that comes Mm -hmm. from that that nobody ever can take away from you because you delivered on your own promises right yes And, and unfortunately the reverse is also true if you make a deal with yourself like i have that with like my health goals you know what i mean um i will always push those to the very back of the line and Everything else is way more fun and important, right? <laughs> um, so I make these deals with myself, and then I break them. Mm-hmm. Now I'm robbing from my own self-confidence because I'm like going, "Hey, I'm not trustworthy. I like I just made a deal with myself, and
1: I can't even do it.
2: I can't. I can't even stick to my own deals. Yeah, yeah. So that that robs your self-confidence just as much as as completing those tasks can. Yeah, you know I mean, and. It and does. I,
0: it does. I, I, I mean, if, if we say the only thing we can control is our actions, and if we can't control this, then we can't control anything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got yeah. to take care of those things. And that, and you're right. That self confidence, that that confidence account, that personal confidence account. Every time we do what we won't say that we're going to do, we drop a quarter in there, right? <laughs> so that's do such you, a big deal.
1: Is that one of the reasons that you're like you love doing the do-it-yourself, like? You know, you're in the middle of doing an office and stuff. Is that the kind of things that you like to do for that kind of self confidence, or just
2: no that that thing comes from from really living in a virtual world, like we're all living in these digital spaces, mm-hmm. right? And for for the last thirty years, I've built these you know very big multi billion dollar asset management businesses and wealth management businesses. But if you think about it, they don't really exist, right? Even right. money doesn't exist, right? You. You go down to your, you know, uh, the Bank of Travelers Rest or Bank of America or anybody like that, and you look at your bank statement. That's just bullshit that somebody else made up. Um, money does that. Money does not exist. There's no actual money there. It's just mm-hmm. it's an IOU on a, It's not even on a piece of paper anymore. It's not digital, right? So yes. think about even these like hedge funds that I've run and all of these things. It's all some virtual. built in the sky it doesn't actually exist so I have this
1: it's not tangible
2: no not at all it's just it's just stuff that people made up and when you get out with a
1: hammer you're like look at this
2: Absolutely. so I find it extremely therapeutic to go and create and build something and fix something and Mm -hmm. it all started when we were living in like Oyster Bay and I had this plumbing project and my plumber came in and he fixed it and then I got this bill for 1700 bucks and I'm like yes this dude can figure it out me <laughs> and a me and a chinaman on on youtube can figure this out I right.
1: mean, <laughs> rick that you are my man because that's what i do i'm like i can totally. do
2: that yeah i can do that totally yeah, yeah. yeah. totally and then so it got into carpentry that got into uh painting obviously uh, hvac is is very challenging um mm-hmm. it, Thank it. Plumbing, I, Something I really hate. Electrical is super easy. Super easy if you figure out where the way it goes and how it works, and you know, you figure out what's to yeah. code and what not to code, and things like that. Yeah, I mean, so, so how long have you been doing that, Rick? I mean, has that
0: been a lifelong kind of working with your hands? I mean, that's kind of an odd combination. It's I think it's impressive to be. You know, sometimes people get stuck in these. You know, you're probably a numbers guy, maybe a sales communicator, yep. but you're also working with your hands. So yep. has that been a has that been a lifelong thing?
2: No, I would say since, since I mean, I, I did build my, my, I built a house in Switzerland, um, and that was really done with subcontractors. And yeah. I did study this kind of stuff. I did a, a BSc in construction economics and management and all that kind of yeah. stuff. But, you know, yeah. for 30 years, I've been living on airplanes. Um, but it really started, I would say, about 10 years ago. Um, again, in in New York, we had this very complex pool setup where the hot tub spilled into the pool and oh heaters and God. all that stuff, and the pool was frigging green all the time. So I got the pool guy, and I'm like, Ah, can you fix this? I don't want a green pool. And he's like, Yeah, okay. Oh God, you're going to need a new salt cell, and I think your motherboard is screwed up, and this and that and that and that. And and I'm like, Okay, listen, Joe. How much? Like seriously, like cut the crap. Like, how much is this yes. going to cost? Well, because it's you, you're like my favorite client, and uh, <laughs> uh, about three thousand, okay. So I'm like, yeah, I'll get back to you. Anyway, got on, got on YouTube, found some guy with that with that same motherboard, and he's like, you know what? Take the screw off here, take the motherboard out. On the back of that is this little uh, fuse. That's a car fuse, right? Like your like your car has. Yes, Go down. Yes. And what, yeah. I went down to the uh, you know O'Reilly's auto parts. Paid seventy-eight cents for the uh, for the fuse. Kept the receipt. Put it all in. Works perfectly. Took the took the receipt to the pool guy on Monday morning. I couldn't wait for him to open up. <laughs> Slammed the thing on the table. I said, "There's your three thousand bucks." Yes. <laughs> anyway, so so that started this passion of like, hey, even I if, I'm, to gonna to have, so even if I'm gonna have, so even if I'm gonna something to to repair, like um, my elevator was broken here. And I don't use the elevator, but my dogs love the elevator and we move stuff up and down in the house, right? Um, elevator is broken. I can't fix that. But if you know exactly what's wrong with it and what part it needs, you make for a better client. Because you yes, can actually yeah. tell the guy, listen, I think it's this. This drum is doing that and it's doing that and, and so oh, on yeah. and so on. Um, then people don't rip you off. So even yes. though the bill was $1,100 to fix the fix the elevator, it could have been 8000 You see what I mean? That's right. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, yes. it, it really started a big thing, and the the office project I think is super exciting because it's it's wonderful. You know, that is going to be the new crushing it on LinkedIn. Uh, office is going to be up there with a spiral oh, yeah. staircase going through, co- coming awesome. up from down below. So wait, wait um, now, tell us,
0: catch us up here, Andre. For those of us that, that that don't know you, so you you just recently moved to this house and you're going to make it your office, and it's it's in this area,
2: it's in our area somewhat, yeah, is it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, we, we I, I kind of played shuffleboard with everything. We used to be uh, in New York, out on Long Island, uh, with a home in Italy and a home in Vail, Colorado. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, once you figure out that there are some people that need certainty more than anything else. There are some people, like me, that need variety so bad that it's actually a call for certain. I need certain variety. <laughs> I love it that. that much, right? <laughs> so, um, and then also, I found that you know uh, all the Californians moving t- uh, into Colorado basically turned what was used to be a red state into a very blue state, right? Yeah. And that really, really, you know, changed the whole kind of makeup of it. And then we have these three golden retrievers that go everywhere with us, um, and my wife refuses to fly them commercially. So then you've got to fly these things privately or you got to drive them and flying these, these dogs Mm -hmm. privately is a phenomenal amount of money. It is irresponsible. And I think it's just like, it's, it's not me. Um, -hmm. it used to be me, but it's not me anymore. I think it's just a waste of money and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. So then I thought, all right, let me buy these dogs a car. And and then I was basically driving them up and down between, because by that point we had already uh, moved to Florida. Um, so we're, we're doing like 2,200 miles in in two days. Constantly oh. on the road with these dogs, right? And I'm like, you know what? This is getting stupid. Um, <laughs> and every time that we stopped somewhere here in this area, Tennessee, North Carolina, South Carolina, Smoky Mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains, basically. I'm like, you know what? This is absolute God's country. In, yeah. in, in more ways than one, right? Um, I love the... I love the vibe i love the scene i love the little bit of country little bit of redneck a little bit of you know a little, bit um, of everything. They have a little bit of everything you can you can have absolutely everything um so we started looking in in tennessee mm-hmm. and just kept bumping into this thing called the cliffs and i'm like wow this is like this is amazing they have the, so cliff, the Cliffs.
0: you said the yeah. cliff
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm a I'm a boat guy. I've been a boat guy my whole life. Everywhere I've always lived, so I love being out on the lake. But I really love the mountains, and I I love living on golf courses. I just don't play golf. I think that's a that's a silly way to ruin a day.
1: Um, <laughs> it can ruin your day.
2: Oh god, yeah, it's just, Especially if you're like in any way proud of what you're doing, right? And, <laughs> if you're uh, proud. It
1: can bring. It humbles you very quickly.
2: Well, unless. You're following the 80-20 principle, the Pareto principle that you brought up right up in the beginning, right? Yes. So the Italian guy that started this was Villifredo Pareto, Vilifredo Pareto in, who oh God, 18, 1890 something, I think 1896, uh, if I'm, I'm, I might take a gamut on that. And he figured out very quickly that 80% of the land in Italy is owned by the 20% of the people. 80% of the fruit uh, of the, the yield of his crop came from 20% of the crops. And mm-hmm. that's how he started exploring absolutely that principle that 80% of what you do comes from 20% of the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and Isn't I, that amazing? I, I, I live by the 80-20 rule because it's yeah. the biggest cure to perfectionism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So oh, think about it. Yeah. like you, Also... Do you guys have a whiteboard on this uh, on on this stream yard? Oh no, no I don't, don't know do. how. To, yeah, I don't know how to do it. If we do, Henrik.
1: like on Zoom. Okay. Zoom has a whiteboard. Yes.
2: Okay. So do this little experiment with me. You guys have a pen and paper with you, right? Yes. Do you know what Venn diagrams look like?
0: Yeah. Uh, you mean like a, a nomenclature?
2: No, no. You just draw. You draw. Yeah, I, I can do it with my placemat. These are going to be square and and because I'm German square is easy but think of this as two circles right you have one circle with an overlapping oh, second oh, okay. circle right so those are two okay. Venn diagrams
1: okay yeah.
2: so in one of them you write okay let's let's be I polite like that. that's it perfect exactly perfect so in what in one of them jenny you you write in there so i don't, I don't know how how well versed you are at this technical term but it's like Shit that matters, but you can write down stuff that matters if that offends you, right?
1: I'm going to put it in Southern terms. It's poop, poop that matters. Okay.
2: Poop that matters. <laughs> and in the other one, you put in poop that I can control, that I can control, and you underline the word can. Mm.
0: Okay.
2: So there's your 80-20 if you uh, think about it, right? Uh, yeah. So if, if if you think about what am I gonna put in my calendar for the week, you just go to that overlap between the actual things that matter and the actual things that you can control. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So, yeah, that, so yeah. there there is your 80-20 principle, like hands mm-hmm. down, the very best thing. And if and if you think about even conflict with other people, right? it's normally something like your conflict with your wife or conflict with your kids. Like this, this was, this was my regret. I think as a father, I spent mm-hmm. way too much time on the 80% that didn't matter. Yeah. So then my kids didn't hear what I, what I had to say about the 20% that did matter. So if I had a do uh, with parenting, I would pick, pick the five not negotiables that's right. And really right. drill down on those and let the rest go. Yeah. Yeah. I I so, really would. So, Armric,
0: I've got so many things that I want to, to ask you about honestly, but so you you like to keep stay busy. You like to have new projects, you like to have things going on. So, so I I'd, I'd love to just hear how that how that works out for you because I'm kind of the same way. I like to have new things to do and I like to stay Stay energized. So, can you give us some ideas? I'm just more interested in some of your some of your stories, honestly.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a you know, there's a lot of those, Daniel. Um, yeah, I I think the 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 biggest groundbreaking part for me was to realize that in life there are people that same as the, the same Venn diagrams again. There are people who contribute, mm-hmm. and then there are people who don't. There are a lot of very, very successful people out there, but only some of them contribute to their fellow man.
1: Yes.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And this is a three-dimensional answer to to what was actually quite a simple question. So in my pursuit of wealth, enjoyment, activities, all this kind of stuff, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing, hey, the stuff that's just for me it does not juice me that much as it did when I was younger ah, and, the, yeah. and the, the things where I get to contribute, where I get to build somebody else, where I get to lift somebody else up, you know, um, yes. one of the most wonderful books I ever read um, as you guys opened up with books mm-hmm. was by a guy called uh, Dave Anderson, how to run your business by the book, by the book, meaning the Bible, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's, a,
2: it's an interesting thing. You know, Um, I don't know if you guys are, in any way religious or Christian or whatever. And it and it really doesn't matter because that's a very, very personal thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um so I grew up Catholic but old school Catholic in Latin with the rap beaten out of me every day. We had you know some weird sect of Dutch priests that believed corporal punishment with a with a two by four was was a nice way to do it, right? Wow. Yeah. So if anybody, right. if <laughs> anybody should be anti-religion it's probably me um but my wife is a a deeply religious person that has a a relationship with god that i just marvel at and it's 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 so deep it is a real connection and it's a wonderful wonderful connection right and if if you can do that you know i mean and if you can can live that, I think you have so much more to give, right? So as a result, I started kind of dabbling a little bit more here and a little bit more there and a little bit more there and a little bit more there. And I stumbled across this book by Dave Anderson, How to Run Your Business by the Book, because, hey, it's a business self-help book, so therefore it's okay for me to read, right? Yeah. And he had this wonderful saying about, you know, there are some points in your career, in your life, where you just... You just have to be the dude holding the ladder, even though the guy that's standing on the ladder above you is not at all qualified and you could do his job with your eyes closed. Suck it up and hold the ladder, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I um, like that. Yes. And I tell you, that book woke me up in so many, so many ways. I think I bought this book a hundred times already so I keep giving it away. And <laughs> it really woke me up to the fact that I'm actually quite a selfish asshole. <laughs> and,
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: i can do better um i can we do better are, yeah. yeah and and then like that line that i made you draw right in the beginning with the dots from zero to ten you start getting a little bit better and you start contributing a little bit more and you start helping others a little bit more and it it actually all started here on linkedin because i started helping people on linkedin so mm-hmm. i'm like stop putting external links in your post because LinkedIn is going to make your post go out and die because guess what? Goldman Sachs is paying them thirty million bucks a month to put their links above yours. So, yeah. stop, it, stop it! Stop it! Right now, right? So I started these creating these videos on LinkedIn, basically very because I I'm very camera shy actually. Me too. And yeah, I don't like it at all. Um, Me too. Mm-mm. And then I would have a script, and then it was like, that. as I was reading it, yes. and my eyes reading it. And, God, I came across like a bloody mass murderer, like a creep. Like, a creep hey, maker.
1: welcome to my channel. So, sure. I,
2: so I just designed this whole persona that this video is going to be unscripted, mm-hmm. unedited, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged. And that became my mantra to the point that now give me any subject Turn on camera, blah, blah, blah. You know what? You guys need to butt out of this. And then I never even watch the videos. I hit upload the second I finish recording. You do? Totally. No edits, no nothing. And yeah, there's F bombs in there. And sometimes I go, ooh, 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 I better go back and delete that the next day. But you know what? That's cool. That's me.
1: But you know what? That's authentic. And that's what people like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's what
1: people like. And and it's like, you know, Daniel and I, we've talked about it, but I do some reels on Instagram. And it's like, you know what? The sillier I am or the more um, whatever, that's when I get the most engagement.
2: Absolutely, totally. Because you, you're giving people. I, I want to get to Joe's question in a second, so leave, oh, okay. leave that leave that up. But Jenny, the part where I I go wrong sometimes in that authenticity, what you sometimes think is authentic, is can be when you think about it differently, can be very disrespectful to somebody else.
1: Okay.
2: So there, that's something. That's where I trip up because I see it from we we all see it through our our own eyes, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, and you know, and, and there's that old saying that. That says like don't criticize another person until you walked a mile in their shoes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: I like to modify that. So um, don't criticize a person until you walked a mile in their shoes because by the time they figure out figure it out, you're a mile away and you have their shoes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. and so I, I bring humor, humor into everything. I really do bring humor into everything. As I have a good friend of mine that I grew up with in Hong Kong, he said to me you can either be good in bed or you can tell jokes not both yeah, i mean so guess which one <laughs> i <take. laughs> so anyway i, I want to get to 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 joe's joe's question i i i think it's mm-hmm. very different based on what age you are right mm-hmm. so i have a few friends who kind of send me their sons into either internships or you know th- or or you know guidance counseling in, in that sense and I think when you're 20-something, right? So think of, let's think of all of our kids. When you're 16, 18, 20-something, I think success has a very different look and feel to it. It does. And, But unfortunately, that's when you build your habits and that's when you build your character. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can, you can say all that you want. It's what you do that is the proof, right? It's, it's, it's what you do every day. You get rewarded in public for what you practice in private, mm-hmm. right? And so when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, now you're building that muscle that's going to run you through to the rest of your life for most of us, right? Mm-hmm. So for, for me, success is really somebody who I think achieves their outcomes, whatever those outcomes are, because we don't get to dictate to people what they're their outcomes should be or what their definition of success should be Mm -hmm. um i just always caution people because nobody will ever forget how you made them feel yes they'll forget what you said they'll forget everything but not how you made them feel and Mm -hmm. i personally have made a lot of people feel really shitty at times Mm
1: -hmm. in
2: my pursuit of like i want to be right or i want to get this done or something like that right Mm -hmm. um And so now as I'm, you know, in my 50s, I'm really working very hard. And it's actually in my new planner that I'm I'm designing a new planner. And I'll tell you why in a second to really focus on that kindness. So I'm taking a a look at Benjamin Franklin's 13 virtues, because I think if you can get through your daily week and and you don't have any black marks against Mm -hmm. the things that you define as virtues. Now, for, for everybody, I think that's different. Mm-hmm. But right now, I I think it's it's for your contribution, um, is the number one thing, because there are so many people that, that you know, that don't have two cents to rub together, but they're like the richest people on earth because of their contribution and how they are impacting their world around them. Because I, yeah. I feel sometimes, I don't know, you, you, you know those little sugar ants, what I mean by sugar ants, they're those mm-hmm. tiny, tiny little ants, you can barely see them, right? and. You can actually smudge them out yes and all of their all of their evidence of their existence is gone and i think that's how we are on this planet by the time we're gone just think of your grandparents yeah you're the only one that remembers your grandparents
0: mm-hmm.
2: by the time your kids come up to your age those people are gone very few people you know who leave a legacy
1: that's Absolutely. what we've talked about. Daniel and I have actually talked about that. He's like, you know, we think about someone famous, let's say, yeah. and when they die. And for that moment, we're like, oh, my goodness. But then go go a week, go two weeks. Yeah. People aren't talking about it. They're not talking about them anymore, you know?
2: Absolutely. Think of the Vanderbilts that that built the Biltmore, Oh, right? yeah. Okay. So, so now you've got a nice house. Now what? Yeah
0: but now let me let me ask you this this is such a fun conversation Thank it you for this. So let, let me ask you this I, I know you you've kind of gone through this evolution it sounds like where you're focusing more on altruistic endeavors and and being about more because you get more fulfillment out of that but would you have had the success that you've had onric and been in that attitude In other words if you could go back in time and, and start over at 20, And be more altruistic? Or did you need to be a little more aggressive, a little more assertive back then?
1: Is it easier to be that empathetic person now because...
0: Or would you have had
2: more success? You see what I'm saying? So I I actually feel poorer now than I ever did in my life. Poorer? Yeah. Hmm. So maybe because I hang out with too many people that have like real wealth. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> um then you you guys we're all in that in that age where you have these kids that actually cost a fortune right and my next life i'm just going to skip kids and go go more, <laughs> more, more golden retrievers and grandchildren i think I mean, yeah
1: but, uh, but the, planets, oh.
2: the point is you know like right now i'm building this this thing called the magnum vault because yeah everybody wants to i think deserves to build a magnum opus And your magnum opus is your greatest achievement in life. But just just follow me down this rabbit hole for for 20 seconds. So um, what do you think is Rembrandt's magnum opus? Everybody says, oh, it's the Mona Lisa. Or or whatever, pick any artist. Right. Um, I think it's the night watch. Rembrandt's Watch is the most glorious painting I've ever seen. The layers in it, the, the light, all that kind of stuff. So the, the whole point is every magnum opus deserves another magnum opus. And at a certain point, you run out of runway. You don't have enough runway. You run out, you run out of runway. Uh, either your health choices uh, cut you short or, hey, God has other plans for you or you just plain did something stupid that you're getting punished for, right? So yeah. we don't know how much we have. Yeah. How much we have. And, and you, you know, you sometimes meet these young people that they, their light burns so bright, it cannot sustain itself. And then sometimes you meet these 25-year-olds that died at 25. I mean, you, you, God, I, I look at what my father achieved and, and he died when he was 40 right?
1: Mm-hmm. And it's
2: it's mind-blowing, right? Then you yeah. look at what, what George Washington and these people created in a short lifetime. Oh, I know. A, and he's a third of our lifetime these days. Right. And we are wasting time, right, all the time. So I'm I'm, I'm uh, distracting myself down, down the runway, but in this construction of this magnum vault that Laura Louise and I are building, we really have got it down to four of those Venn diagrams. So Jenny, if you if you see your double Venn diagram in front of you, think of another one above it and another one below it. So those are four concentric, and on a follow-up call, I'll, I'll, I'll show you this better, where the number one thing that everybody wants to go work on is their wealth, okay? Mm-hmm. Because, hey, money doesn't buy you happiness, but you know what? It doesn't suck to live on a super yacht, um, but it really, really sucks. Not to have anything to the point that you can't even help yourself, and you get into this this lose 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 mentality, oh, and behind yes. the thing, it's like if you're skiing. Once your weight's in the back, and it's three more turns, and you're out of it, you're out of snow. Um, so everybody goes to wealth first because it's very tangible. And uh, like any, I don't know if you guys are hockey players, soccer players, football players. Every strategy deserves an offense play and a defense play. Think of any soccer game, any football Mm -hmm. game. There is no point in playing defense unless you've played offense and you've actually scored some points, right? Mm -hmm. So wealth is actually quite scientific, but there is an art to it, right? But it's like, again, you're in that 80-20 art science type mix, but that is the wealth component. But what purpose is wealth without health? Mm. And another thing is, Imagine if you had three, four, five times more energy than you do today, hmm. both mental energy and physical energy. Well, you, be could, you could do so much more with it, right? So, so now we have the overlap of the first circle, wealth and health. The third overlapping one is mindset. So if you think about your mindset,
1: mm-hmm.
2: where you are constantly sharpening the saw, right? I got a thousand trees that I need to cut down on this property. Hey, I'm going to spend the first hour sharpening my blades, getting yeah. my organized. I'm going to do all of that. Same as with our construction project. The first yeah. 20 minutes, we are getting ready, right? Now, think of your 16-year-old and your 25-year-old. Mm. They need to learn skills. Yes. They need to learn these skills. You can get these skills. Tony Robbins is going to give them to you for free. We've done... Millions of dollars worth of coaching with these kind of guys, and some of it is brilliant. But the fourth of those Venn diagrams is people. Is your getting in the right room? Is your is your peer group right? So think of I those three, four. Think of those four circles together: wealth, health, mindset, and your tribe or your nation, mm. right? And mm. in the middle of that, where those four circles overlap. Mm-hmm. That is the thing that we're building. How can I bring, and, and I know this is a very long answer, and God bless you if you've stuck with me so far. Oh, I've stuck. If sure. I can, If I can bring these four things to you, I don't have all the answers, but I know some people who really have the answers in the wealth department or in the health department. I, I have a friend who's literally making hundreds of millions of dollars, just like that, you know what I mean? Um, because he's got the mindset and he's got the peer group, right? Mm. But guess what? Mm. He's got no health. He's got mm. no health. Yeah. There is- he's he is never, ever going to spend even 10% of the money that he's already made. Yeah. This guy's going to be dead in three years, right? Yeah. And his kids are just going to blow it because he hasn't taught them those things. He's taught them to be like these handout people who just want stuff for free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think this addresses a little bit of, of Joe's question earlier of your yeah. definition of success. I think if just the three of us, three of us, let's just let's just say the world was just the three of us. Obviously, I'm not, and three golden retrievers down here. But if just the three of us could master this, these four categories, where your mindset, you are constantly growing, you are learning new skills, so that you can contribute your community to your church to your family to your neighbors right mm-hmm. to, to whoever it is that's important to you why not gain more wealth because that makes you a more stable person it makes you a more successful person so you can help more other people yeah whoever that is or you can buy more buy more health or you can yeah. buy, buy more mindset these four circles think of about that pareto principle that you brought up right in the beginning of your call jenny hmm Those overlapping circles. In all of these categories, there is about twenty percent that matters and eighty percent that's noise. Let's go figure out those twenty percent. Figure those twenty percent. Figure those twenty percent. You know what? It comes down to five or six things that really make that really move the needle. Yeah, just simplifying it like a math math problem. Totally. totally. Yes. Complexity is the enemy of execution. Right. And yeah. I, I have that written up on my screen right here.
1: I just wrote it down here.
2: Yeah, yeah get, that's great. I can get so complicated, right? And and other people, especially consultants, the really good consultants help you make it simple. Yes. The really bad consultants make it more expensive and make turn you turn you into an addict to them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So so think of calendars, right? We all have these things. These electronic calendars, they help other people schedule the crap that they think is important Mm -hmm. because it's very easy to get into your calendar with, you know, like these calendly links and all these things, and you can send somebody an invitation, all that stuff. That is not your stuff. That is their stuff. That's that's the shit they want you to do, right? Yes. You cannot beat a paper planner where you break down your vision, you break down your goals. Drop that into three projects. All you have to do, if you want to eat that 800-pound gorilla or elephant in the room,
1: One break attacked. it down into
2: quarters, break it links, break it down into bites, schedule those bites, execute <laughs> on 80% of them. Here comes confidence. Here comes progress. Uh, you know, Ooh, Daniel, true. that's what you said. Progress. Progress yeah. equals happiness, right? There is no nothing at the end of the the tunnel other than an oncoming train. Right, there's nothing at the end of the rainbow. The yeah. joy is in the journey. The joy is in the progress. And if you can capture that progress, yes, then you go. Yeah, I yeah. yeah that's
1: right. Yeah,
2: that's right. yeah. That's right. yeah. it's a great equalizer
0: too. You know, Andre. In the beginning, you talked about talking to, associating with different people. Yeah, you might talk to the guy that's making millions, but you might talk to to the average dude too. But I think I think there's value. I think there's value in all types of perspectives. Oh, all yeah. types of people yeah. older, younger, and uh and like you say, it doesn't matter where we are. I, I think it's more about that trajectory, you know, yeah. and, and and hey I, I want to be around the people that are on the, the upswing right yeah. and yeah. so uh this
2: has been fantastic. No, I, I, can I give goals. you one more can I give you yes. one more yeah, you, one. you are anything but average but i i want you to think about and and this comes back to joe's question too the who the who is so critically important think about it like this right Mm -hmm. um i don't know if you've ever had a really really great job that where you were surrounded by really shitty people so i've i've had one of those jobs where i was literally getting paid an absolute fortune to do something that I didn't really believe in with people that I just thought were like scum, <laughs> right? They were just, they were just like dishonest people, and I didn't like them at all. I, t- I tell you, my average day felt like it was forty-eight hours long. I just really not great. But you could do the shittiest job if you are with the right people. So picture all of your best. You know, this is now to to Jenny, your best girlfriends, your your team, your tribe, your your top three girls in the world, right? Yeah. And I gave you a job, and I said, okay, for the next week, the th- the four of you are going to put on overalls, and you're going to be on garbage duty, and you're going to be on the back of the garbage garbage uh, trucks collecting garbage in Spartanburg, right? The four of you would rock that. I mean, you you would nail it. Yeah, I mean, and they would be drinking and they would be fighting and there would be partying, there would be music, and the four of you would just nail that. Same goes for Daniel.
1: Daniel, like
2: you would have to uh, your friend bought a new bought a farm just on the outskirts of uh, Spartanburg, or let's let's pick uh, Tryon, right? He bought a nice little farm in Tryon and you got to you got to build fences and you got to dig holes in the ground. And Now digging holes in the ground is like a stupid job, right? But <laughs> hey, listen, if you've got your three best buddies with you, and you got music and there's tequila, and <laughs> you, know, you, are, you are digging digging holes and you're having a party and the girls are making a nice dinner afterwards, it sounds great. You guys are like the guys without shirts on, like, like gun, you and, and you would be rocking it. And I tell you it would feel like a vacation yeah. yes you're right so that's how i think of linkedin okay and it's yeah. a it's a really i want to leave you with that empowering thought because when your feed right what used to be the you know the linkedin pulse but now it's the feed yeah it's supposed to excite you it's mm-hmm. supposed to be interesting you're supposed to grow you're supposed to be educated but you're also supposed to take action right mm-hmm. right and if your feed doesn't do that, you're hanging out with the wrong people. Delete, mm-hmm. delete, delete. That's why I, I got to 34,000 contacts. I'm like, I don't know who these people are. Delete. And I started from scratch. Went to zero. And I said, I'm going to build it up from scratch. There you go. So you want to be surrounded by people that inspire you. And if they don't inspire you, you inspire them. And so my, my LinkedIn connections are full of people that owe me a favor I owe them a favor. I can buy something from them. They can buy something from me, or I can introduce them to each other so they can do business together. Right? And it's a—it's just an absolute marvelous gift. And if, if I, you know, if I leave one bit of advice for anyone, is figure out your who, figure out your tribe. Yes. Then you can—it's so easy from there to work into the why—why why you're doing something. If you know who it is that you're trying to attract uh, from a business point of view. Mm-hmm. Then it's so easy to figure out the why, because all you have to do is dig a little deep and, and and bring the why you're trying to help that person. Then from there, you go to the next step to the how. Well, this is how I do it. And right at the end is the, oh, the what. And whenever you want to spot an amateur, they're talking about their what. Nobody cares mm-hmm. about your what until they know your why and your who. So that that's my, my closing thoughts on it. That's good stuff, Anrik.
1: Listen, I mean... I will, say,
2: I will say, as soon as I met Anrik,
0: I saw one comment. I said, I got to talk to this guy. So I feel pretty good because I knew that he had some
2: good stuff. And you did.
1: Good <laughs> okay. so so I
2: will, oh I will invite uh, both of you and Ariel. I've actually caused a lot of people to move down to Spartanburg, Greenville area, et cetera. And uh, I got to just pick a date. I'm going to put a very large brisket in the smoker. Yes, um, that's we are going to drink some uh, dark corner bourbon, watching the smoker because that's a big job. You have to watch it. Uh, you uh, watch. Yeah, you gotta watch
1: that. Day.
2: Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna try and invite Ariel too. Uh, okay. And then, and then we'll all all get together up uh, up in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains here. Shall we do that? Wow, that's so
1: fun. We shall do that. <laughs>
2: okay. All right. So, well, you gotta
1: well, come then. back on with us too sometime.
2: No problem. You the, the really interesting person you want to talk to is my wife, by the way. Yeah. Um, wife? Just- like
1: She's somebody I need to engage with. Oh God, she's I have a Women's clothing store, and that's who she. She. She, she is visit.
2: so amazing. This girl, like seriously, like I am like a like a decimal point down down in the bottom of the food chain below her. She's so fascinating and well, then so. You,
1: know, you and her both come back on.
2: No, no, no. We interrupt each other the whole time, and then we we. She,
1: she then might you interrupts me, and that's why I have this sign. It means hush. <laughs> I've got something to say.
2: No, no, no. She. She she micromanages what I should have said and kicks me under the table and I stuff. I love her we're,
1: for it. That's a, that's no no, you got you
2: got to have her by herself. She's phenomenal and yeah. we'll we'll definitely do that. Hey, right, guys. this
0: has been great. Thanks so much. See you everybody. See you next week. You. All, yeah, right. Thank All right. You. Thank you.
1: Bye bye, Cheers. Bye.